Jackson Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two and a Rick Flair. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's the first of the month. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. I'm live from the Low T Center studio. June 1st. Ben, my man, good morning. Good morning. Jay Swizzle, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. That's Beautiful. not good enough. You better be fired up this morning. Tennessee plays Alabama today, Swain. Wake up. Tennessee plays Alabama. I, I need more energy from you at 8 a.m. Okay. All right. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Clemson Regional starting tomorrow. Tennessee football tearing it up on the recruiting trail. I need more energy from you. On the first of the month. My bad. My bad. You're right. Wake up. You're right. I mean, I've been up. You're right. I mean, I already went to the grocery store. And That's probably cook, why you don't have any energy. Cook breakfast and all that stuff. But, you, but you're right. Hey, if, if you don't hear that energy in my voice, then that's, I need to correct myself. I need to check myself. So, you're right, man. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. Yesterday, while we were doing the show, Joshua Swain, you filling in for Josh Ward, Josiah Jordan-James, so, you know what? I'm going to break some news. I'm going to break some news on y'all. I'm going to drop something on y'all that no one knew. I'm going to announce that I'm returning for my last year at Tennessee. How about that, folks? And I'm going to go ahead and walk on. Whatever. I'm going to walk on. NIL is real. It's alive and it's well. I'm going to walk on. And I'm going to bring back 10 points per game. I'm going to bring back Four, almost five rebounds per game. I'm going to bring back, what we got here? Almost two assists a game. That's what I'm going to bring back. Leadership, defensive versatility. I'm bringing that back. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say, whoever got something to say on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram about my game, you know what they can do? They can kick rocks. They can shove it. Because I know the work I put in. I know the value that I bring to the table. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have the best senior season that I could possibly have. And I'm going to help take my team another step forward to our ultimate goal. That's what I'm going to do. Let's go, Josiah Jordan-James. I'm fired up. Ben, I was surprised, man. Did you... Any whispers about this possibly happening? No, and I'm not too too ashamed to admit that. I, I it was not at all at all on my radar. Uh, as I told you yesterday on Josh and Swain, I knew that the NBA deadline was last night at midnight. The NBA draft deadline 
Uh, if if a player was going to retain their college eligibility, they had to withdraw their name from the NBA draft last night by midnight. And you saw Julian Phillips keep his name in the draft. You saw Olivier Kumwa withdraw his name from the NBA draft. And now he is going to explore transfer options and play somewhere other than Tennessee next year in college basketball. But with Josiah Jordan-James, I I didn't think that he was going to get drafted, but I, I assumed that he would just go ahead and, and still keep it moving, even if he wasn't going to get drafted, and, and just hopefully latch on to an organization, work his way to a two-way contract. And from my understanding, he, he had legitimate interest in, from NBA teams, not not to get drafted in the first round or or the second round, but to to sign a two way contract, which is significant. That that's a that's a a heck of an accomplishment uh, to to sign a two way contract uh, because you you can you can go up and and you can go down kind of whenever wherever the team is. Uh, it, it's a little bit different than the minor league system with baseball, whereas the G League uh, a team can assign Josiah to. If it's the Memphis Grizzlies and the Memphis Hustle that play there in South Haven, then he, he can play with the, the Hustle on a Thursday and, and still dress out with, with the Grizzlies and, and practice with the Grizzlies on, on a Friday. So uh, a two-way contract is, is significant. And there was legitimate interest from NBA teams to sign him to one, but he probably wasn't going to get drafted. He, he couldn't find that guarantee that he was going to get drafted, uh, did not get the feedback that he wanted to hear. So... He started exploring options, and uh, he did not want to transfer. And the the window to transfer is closed anyways, or to enter your name into the portal, that window has closed anyways. So uh, Josiah Jordan-James is is coming back. <laughs> There's no no scholarships to, to offer. There's no room whatsoever. So he's going to be a walk-on in, in some form or capacity. And I, I'm not even going to label him as a walk-on. Technically, he will be paying for his school. But we know that his value to this basketball team is so much more than than what what a walk on's value is to to a team. Uh, he's yes, technically he'll be paying for school, but he's not going to have that label because he's going to be playing as much as much as anybody. He, he's going to be in there in crunch time if if he can stay healthy. So I did not see this coming. I, I did not at all, I, and I'm not too ashamed to to admit that there, there were zero whispers that this was was coming back. I I was totally caught off guard mostly because there was no room for him. That that's what made this so intriguing and 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 so shocking. I mean to the point to where you and I were trying to comb through with a magnifying glass over his tweet to see whether it was a fake graphic or not. And I even checked the calendar to make sure it was not April 1st, April Fool's Day. So, I was completely stunned. I I did not see that coming at all. Shame on you basketball insiders here on the Knoxville beat. You, you couldn't get into the mind of jo- Josiah Jordan-James. You couldn't read his mind. Because if you're someone that wants to keep a secret a secret, the best thing or the best way to do it is not say anything to anybody. Because the moment you say something to one person in this market, oh, it's getting out some form or fashion. And so kudos to Josiah for keeping it under wraps. And he is a walk-on. And he's going to be the best walk-on probably in the country <laughs> this uh, this upcoming season. He's going to be the best walk-on on the planet uh, this year. But, man, this is a, this is a big deal for, for Tennessee basketball. And 
We can agree to disagree, folks. If you want to sit here and pretend like Josiah George James does not add value to Tennessee basketball program, that's on you. I'm not going to waste much energy and time trying to convince you. I'm going to just say that I disagree. Here's a guy that can guard multiple positions, all five positions defensively. I don't know who else on the, on the basketball team can do that. He has he, a nice stroke. He he can't shoot. He can make outside shots. Um, he brings leadership. We're not asking him to be the man. We're not asking him to be the guy that in crunch time we're going one four with him at the top of the key, and we're saying, "Hey, man, take it to the take us to the promised land." He's not Jimmy Butler, okay? He's not Jamal Murray. Like, we're not asking him to do those things. And so, for people that think that he's not that guy, so that means he's not valuable. That's that's crazy to me. He's going to be a very important piece to the puzzle for Tennessee basketball. And that's, to me, that's exciting. It it, it absolutely is exciting. And, and I, we've had this conversation for years. I mean, I, I just don't know what to tell you if you think Josiah Jordan James is, is a bad basketball player. And, and that's not Swain and I being a homer. It's not having too bright of a, of an orange colored shade of sunglasses on. Like he is a good, really good college basketball player. And just about any team in the country would take him. And I guarantee you every team in the country would take him if they had a roster spot open, just like Tennessee is willing to do. Because there were some seniors that could have come back that Tennessee was like, nah, we're good. Maybe didn't exactly say it, but the writing was on the wall. Like, nah, we're good. Yeah, Let's let's keep it moving. So I just don't know what to tell you if you think Josiah Jordan James is is not – a welcomed addition back. He, he is a really good college basketball player. And yes, he was a five-star and he doesn't average 18 points a game and, and wasn't one and done, but that doesn't mean that he's a bad basketball player. Like fo- folks got to understand that just because you're not scoring 18 a game or just because you're not one and done as a five-star coming out of high school, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're a, a terrible basketball player or, or not worth having on the team, NBA teams legitimately wanted to sign him to a two-way contract. That should tell you all you need to know. That should tell you all you need to know. And I, I do think it's a, a small minority, uh, but it, it's it, it just baffles me that, uh, that we continue to have this conversation. His biggest detriment, Swain, is not being able to stay healthy, and that's not really Josiah's fault. There's been more talk about Josiah was a five star than damn. You know what? Maybe he was misevaluated. Anybody start to think that? Maybe he was a really high four-star, but not a five-star. And guess what? That's okay. That's okay. There's a, there's a recruiting service right now, still in business, that believe that Harrison Bailey was a five-star. Uh-oh. Harrison Bailey, they thought was a five star. <laughs> this recruiting service said, you know what? We're gonna go out on a limb. Nobody else is gonna rank him as a five star, but we're gonna rank him a five star. We're gonna we're gonna go out on a limb because we see something special in this young man. And this is no shade on the young man, but has anyone stopped to think that maybe the recruiting services they get it wrong sometimes? And there's a very small margin between five star status and four-star status. And a four-star 
is still really good. And a four-star can still be one of the best players in the conference, in the country, and they can be a pro player. Like, has anyone stopped to think that? That maybe Josiah just wasn't a five-star coming out of high school. Like, some analysts thought he was. Okay, they miss. They miss by a small margin. It happens. People are human. They're not going to nail it every single time. So I just think sometimes we, as fans, take this stuff way too serious when it comes to star rating. And we think that just because a group of people say this player should be this, we take it to the grave. And we should stop to think that maybe those people just slightly misevaluated. And that's okay. Um, Man, I know we play Alabama in softball, but there's a different color elephant up in the room. (laughs) The the color is pink. Um, So Olivia Kimwa, he going to put on another college uniform? That's that's, that's what Uh, we're doing? uh, Apparently so. Uh, Now, this one I'm surprised by. Uh, Olivier... He he's well. How can I put this nicely? I believe that both Josiah Jordan James and Olivier Kumwa, they they both were dead set on playing professional basketball next season. Which obviously there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You, your goal should be to play professional basketball. Mm-hmm. But my thinking is. Why did either think that that was a guarantee? Like, what about your resume guaranteed you being an NBA draft pick? And and that doesn't mean that I don't think that they're good basketball players. They both are good basketball players. But I also don't think that they're necessarily guaranteed NBA draft prospects maybe the way that they thought that they were two months ago or right after the season. Uh, Because those two... We're in the situation now on June 1st with those two because they were dead set on playing professional basketball, which is okay if you're opening if you're open to going overseas and, and playing, but being dead set on playing in the NBA next year when when maybe there's some ga- areas of your game that you still need to to work on to 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 fulfill that dream, I thought was I thought was a, a little rich, quite frankly, because now now you're in the position that, that they're both in to where Josiah is forced to come back in, and, and although it probably won't be a problem for him to do so, but pay for school. Uh, and and same with Olivier Kumwa. Like now you're in a position, you were dead set on playing professional ball all along. Now you're in a position to where the school you're transferring from doesn't have a spot for you. And, and maybe you didn't want to come back to Tennessee regardless of, of the circumstance. But now on June first, I mean, school starts in a month and a half or two months and two and a half months. But it's kind of late in the process to to be committing to a, another school. And and Olivier is going to be fine. Sounds like Michigan and and Baylor really want him, and those would be two nice landing spots for him. Uh, Scott Drew and and Juwan Howard they they have really really solid basketball programs, especially Baylor. I mean, they, they've competed for national championships recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Juwan Howard's kind of been down the last two years, which has been somewhat surprising. 
and lost a, a lot of talented players this offseason. Um, but that's a separate conversation. So I, I'm I'm not surprised that we're at this point with Josiah or, or Olivier, if, if I'm being completely honest. I, I, I would have been more surprised had those two guys gotten drafted, and I don't know how nicely I can I can put that so I do wish Olivier the best he's been one of my favorite basketball players to cover mm. during the the Rick Barnes era he's a, a great dude very insightful gave the best quotes of, of any players which I appreciated as somebody who had to write about the team yeah um, but I I'm I am a little surprised with Olivier because I thought if if he I wasn't expecting him to, to end up in the NBA this this draft process but I also thought if he wasn't going to play in the NBA, I thought he would travel overseas and play professionally. And that was the the conversation that I'm dead set on being a professional basketball player that I never saw transferring to another school being a real thing. Because Rick Barnes said at one of the big orange caravan stops that the only reason he entered the portal in the first place is because his dad asked him to. So that tells you where Olivier's mindset was to begin with. So, I mean, it's his only option at, at this point, either that or, or go play overseas. And uh, w- with the way NIL is right now, and, and you have several teams that are very, very desperate, like Kentucky, who has seven players this year, and five of them are going to be freshmen, and, and two of them are going to be sophomore. Kentucky is desperate for players. And not saying that Olivier is going to end up there, but if you get a team like Kentucky that is desperate and willing to drop off a big bag for you, that that probably allows you to make more money than than going and, and playing overseas. So uh, not surprised that Olivier necessarily withdrew his name from the NBA draft, but surprised that he's not going overseas and playing. So I think, um, I think Olivier mismanaged the situation, but I also think that's okay. I'm a big fan of Olivier. Um, the person, the player frustrates me. Really frustrates me and has frustrated me for four years, to be honest. And I've voiced my frustrations to you, Ben, especially during the basketball game. I'd be like, you, you six, nine, go dunk it. Don't let him push you. Go like that was me. But Olivier, the person love Olivier, the person. Um, but the player frustrated me during during Tom Tennessee. This is what I think happened. And it's happened to all of us, even though we haven't played major college basketball. We grow up in our parents' house, and there's rules that we have to abide by that we don't necessarily like. And in our teenage years, we're like, man, we can't wait to move out and do our own thing. If I want to drink milk, I built card without putting it in a cup or in a bowl. I'm going to do that when I get my own spot. I don't want to have a curfew. And so you, you're counting down the, the days to move out. And then you move out. And then you get your own place. And then you realize, damn, yo, these 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 bills are for real. <laughs> like I, There's responsibilities that, 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 that I didn't think I had to, to, to worry about. The phone bill is this much. It's this expensive. Lord. Exactly. So, like, Rick Barnes ain't for everybody. <laughs> and I think, like, over a amount of time, he can, he can, he might get on your nerves. He might wear on you. You might think, like, man, it, come on, man. And then 
you leave his program and then you realize, damn, yo, he was really, he was really schooling me. He was really dropping knowledge and I'm appreciative of how he coached me because it prepared me for basketball after college and life. Admiral Schofield is a prime example because at the end of that era, the Admiral Schofield, Rick Barnes era, it wasn't smooth. Y'all remember that. You, you, you remember the tournament. It wasn't smooth. But Admiral is one of the biggest Rick Barnes fans and encourages the young players inside of this program, yo, just believe in the process. Believe in the process. Do I need to come back and talk to him? Just believe in the process. It's going to work out. Look at Admiral Schofield. He has been a consistent player in the NBA. Is it because of 100% skill? I don't think so. But he's an unbelievable leader. He understands his role. And there's value for him on the Orlando Magic in the NBA. Where do you think he learned that from? He learned that from Rick Barnes to be inside Tennessee's basketball program. And Admiral's time wasn't smooth at Tennessee. Here's someone that was overweight. Here's someone that had to you know, improve his shooting. Rick Barnes. He was suspended at, at Maui uh, his freshman or sophomore season. Yeah. Like, like Rick Barnes turned Admiral Schofield into a man, not taking away credit from his parents because he came from a good household too. But, like, and look at Grant Williams. Like, look Turn at him the, into professional. Look at the – exactly. Look at Grant Williams. Look how he handled himself in the playoffs. Yeah, he talked a little bit to Jimmy Butler, but who cares? He was competing. Hell, Jalen Brown and Tatum wasn't competing like Grant Williams consistently in the playoffs. But what do you think Grant learned that from? I just feel like Rick gets on you, and he's on you. And then, hey, you, you get a little tired. You're like, man, you know what? It might be a little bit better on the other side. I might need a little something different. And then you get out there, and I feel like Olivier dipped his toe in the water. He's like, oh, 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 I don't, I don't know. And by the time he dipped his toe in the water, it was too late. Tennessee had completed the roster, and there's there's no turning back. It's going to be weird to see Olivier in a different uniform. But do I think Tennessee basketball improved? Yes. Is that what I care about more than anything? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I do have some. I care about some question marks though. All right, what you got? Seems like a good time for a break, and then we'll come back and discuss them. Let's do that. Let's do that. So, two things can be true. I can be a huge Olivier fan, but I can also believe that Tennessee as a whole got better, and that's. What I think, and I feel like the evidence is kind of right there, right there in front of you, looking at some of these guys that Tennessee was able to bring in. Just saying. 865-255-03. Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
The Swain Event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Jason Swain here. Guys, there's a lot of people talking about testosterone, but make sure you do your own homework and go to a provider that you can trust. I recommend Low T Center. I trust Low T Center. I've been going there for several years. It's where I go get my levels checked. Low T Center specializes in men's wellness. They check all of your levels, not just your testosterone. They determine the cause of any symptoms that you are having and whether you are a candidate for low T or something else like low thyroid or even sleep apnea. Typically, their annual health assessment is completely covered by health insurance. And it's thorough, checking everything from your PSA, which is your prostate levels, thyroid, liver, and kidney function, cholesterol, glucose levels, and more. Low T Center has affordable and convenient options for treatment, including monitored self-inject treatments that ship directly to your home. Make your health a priority and schedule your annual health assessment at Low T Center today. It's covered by most health insurance or less than $100 cash pay. Go to LowTCenter.com to book your appointment online. That's LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Live here from the Low T Center studio. Um, I know we got something to cover, but man, uh, did you see those hotel rooms that West Virginia baseball team staying in? Are you talking about the Lexington Regional? The Lexington Regional. Um, Is that what you're discussing? I just, I mean, I just want to know if you saw those hotel rooms. I mean, well, I saw the dorm rooms. Oh, oh, oh! The the teams that are in the Kentucky Regional uh, are playing. And to be honest with you, I don't even know who's in the Lexington Regional. Is, Is West Virginia in the Lexington Regional? West Virginia is definitely one of the teams in the Lexington Regional. That, that's just such a unfortunate situation. My thought last night when I, I saw the, the photos going around is is that if those teams have to stay in, in the dorms like that, then the Kentucky baseball team should also have to stay in the dorms with them. If you're going to reward a team for hosting, by hosting, and 
the other teams are, are also not going to reap the benefits of, of playing in the NCAA tournament, which is is receiving uh, the the care and, and the housing rooming situation that that they deserve, then the host team should also have to stay in the 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 made up situation that they have going on there. Like if if a team isn't able to to completely host or isn't fit enough to host because they don't have hotels or whatever, like the the team that is hosting should have to stay in the dorms as well or, or whatever situation they create. Um So the teams, West Virginia, Indiana, Ball State. That, that's, that's the team. And um, it, it's not pretty. It's not pretty at all. I just, I just had to ask you about that because that's just, that's just not right, man. That's just not right. They should have just, you know what? They earned it. They earned it. Kentucky baseball earned it. Let me let me stop and say they earned it. I will say this, and then we'll go back to our topic. That's my bad. If I'm Mark Stoops, they charge $150 a night for these rooms. If I'm Mark Stoops, I'm like, yo, uh, we, we, we putting butts and seats over here in football. We're not losing first round of the NCAA tournament. We got a roster. We're not failing to fill the roster. Basketball got seven players right now. We 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 got something going on. And we have been struggling to handle our NIL. While we see other teams in the SEC take care of business. Yo, let's let us get a little piece of that. If I'm Mark Stoops, I see more fans in Kentucky, more profitable about Kentucky football than basketball, which is crazy to even say out loud. But just the view from this side, that's what it looks like. I might be wrong, but that's what it looks like from over here. All right, Ben, um, you tease you. You tease us before the break. I forgot what we were talking about last break. Olivier. Yes. Basketball. And, yes. And I, I do think Tennessee basketball has gotten better uh, this this offseason. I, I am very, very excited uh, to, to see this roster come together. I, I am really excited about the prospect of, of the three transfers they added. I, I do think people need to have a, a realistic expectation on Chris Ledlam, the Harvard transfer, and – Jordan Ganey, the USC upstate transfer. Like those two guys are not going to come in and, and be starters. That's not what they're being asked to do. They're, they're being asked. And maybe my expectations are, are not high enough for Ledlam. We'll see once we get into the season, but I'm not expecting him to come in and, and be a 30 minute, a game starter. He, to me, both of those guys are sixth man, seventh man. One of the first, two people off the bench and and really, really complimentary role players to to Santiago Vescovi and Zakai Ziegler. And the the transfer that I'm really excited about is Dalton Connect. I, I think he is going to absolutely tear it up 
in, in the SEC. I, I would be disappointed and surprised if if he doesn't have a a big season. Uh, and my definition of a big season, I, I don't really know, but I, I do think he is one of the most overlooked, if not the most overlooked transfer in the SEC this offseason because he's coming from northern Colorado. Uh, he, he ended up at JUCO and northern Colorado because uh, he, he wasn't, he was too short coming out of high school, but then he hit a couple of big growth spurts, and now he's at six six and a big guard that can do a little bit of everything and and can really put the ball in the basket. I'm really excited about him, uh, and then also the freshman coming in, like Freddie DeLeon. Ooh, the, say his last he, name again, Ben. DeLeon. I don't like saying it like that. Well, I believe that's how you pronounce it. So I like saying DeLeon. <laughs> I, I like that version too. Put a little sauce on. Deleon, he's a walking bucket. I cannot yes. wait to to see him play basketball. I cannot wait. He is a yeah. walking bucket. Uh, and then, like you have some other big time freshmen coming in. JP Estrella, uh, the the postman. I'm excited to see if he can have an impact. Uh, Cameron Carr, excited to see if he can have an impact. He he really developed into a scorer at Link Academy this past season out in Missouri. Uh, and, you know, with Josiah coming back, maybe those minutes for a DJ Jefferson and a Cameron Carr are going down a little bit uh, because Josiah's back and obviously will play a, a bunch of minutes. Um, but Rick Barnes, in his comments this offseason, it, it seems like he really believes those three freshmen, Freddie DeLeon and <laughs> J.P. Estrella and Cameron Carr, are going to be able to help. Are, are they going to carry the load? No, they don't have to, though. That's Santi's job and Zakai's job and Josiah's job. Uh, and, and hopefully you get a post player that, that really steps up and, and takes a big step this season in Tobey Awaka or Jonas Adu. Jemai Meshack is going to have a huge role on, on this basketball team. So I, I really do love like Tennessee's roster, but there, I do think that there's still two pretty big questions. As much as you can love the roster, and, and I look, I think it's just as good, if not better, as last year's roster. I really do. I, I think it's it's gotten better since since last year. I, I at minimum think it should be a Sweet Sixteen team for sure. I mean that that's how much talent is on the roster. Um, but I do still have two big question marks, and and that's the point guard position. Mm -hmm. You have one true point guard, and he's coming off of a torn ACL, mm -hmm. and it is Zakai Ziegler. You know he is going to attack his rehab the the best way possible. Mm -hmm. And Rick Barnes and talking to Jimmy Himes at the the spring meetings. He, Rick said that, that Zakai is doing everything he needs to do. He's going above and beyond. He, he's working out with everybody, multiple people to get back. But there's that's still a question mark. Whether Zakai Ziegler attacks the, the rehab better, better than anybody in history, like that's still a big question mark coming off of a, a torn ACL. Mm -hmm. So what what does that look like? I mean, that was an issue for the team last year when you had Zakai healthy. You didn't have a, a true point guard behind him and, and that that hurt Tennessee at, at times especially when Zakai had to miss time you got more options Over, though uh, combo that, guards that can handle the ball bring the ball up initiate offense I mean they do Mayshack is going to work this offseason to do more of that we saw him be kind of thrown into that role when Z got hurt so he's going to be more prepared for that Freddie De Leon is going to be prepared for that because he's a combo guard. He can do either. Um, what's big man transfer from 
what's, what's, what's the last transfer we got? Chris Ledl? No, the last Jordan one. Ganey? No, the last one. Dalton Connect? Dalton Connect. Point guard skills because he grew up playing point guard, but he had a crazy growth spurt. So he has point guard skills, and if I'm not mistaken, it was on 247. I saw where he said that Barnes told him that they, they're going to use him sometimes to bring the ball up and, and use him in that capacity. So, like, there's, I think, better options if Zakai is not healthy early in the season. I agree. Yeah. I 1,000% agree. You also have Santi and Josiah, who have done it for, for years now. That's when true. They, they've needed to as well. So you definitely have options to to just simply bring the ball down the, the floor. But, like, Tyreek Key was was really thrown into that role. And, and I kind of think that threw him off his his game. Uh, I, I think he is way better off the ball, more of a, a scoring guard. And, and he was asked to, in my opinion, be something that he was not. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that kind of threw him off for the entire season. And, and maybe you didn't maximize the production that you could have gotten from Tyreek Key. Uh, so I, I, I worry about that happening again. And, and not that I think that they're going to completely throw somebody to the wolves like they did Tyreek Key and, and make them, you know, focus on that a lot early in the season. But that would be my concern that you, you do take away from what somebody does best to, to fill a role that, that is lacking from a roster construction standpoint. So I'm I'm not overly concerned because like you said, Swain, there there are a lot of guys who can simply handle the ball. Uh and, and you know, everybody in, in Rick Barnes's offense touches the the basketball in the half court when they're running their sets. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like the NBA where John ja Morant has the basketball on a string and, and is controlling everything and, really? and picking picking rolls and, and really being that, that's I mean, that's the one player that you want to use as an example this morning yes when speaking about basketball yes yes i do i mean we, we can talk about uh other point guards as well if you'd like we can talk out about, of all the basketball players in the nba no not even in the nba of all the basketball players in the world that's the one you want to use as an hey, example. There, there, there's no questioning Jaws basketball. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, every, it's, it's, it's everything else, unfortunately. Touche, <laughs> uh, though. Touche. No, I'm messing it, with you, man. It's it. not like an NBA point guard where where they have complete control of the offense 24-7 and, and is getting everybody involved. and it, It's kind of... Ball dominant. Me, correct. Some, yeah, sometimes the NBA point guards can be be ball dominant, especially guys like Russell Westbrook. So, like, I, I get cool, especially I get, guys like Russell Westbrook. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so, like, the saying. point guard thing is is a question mark. Is is a question mark. Uh, but then the other one is going into the season without a proven post player worries me a little bit. Oh, yeah. I, 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 I do think that you're going to play a, a ton of, of small ball. And, and that is basketball nowadays. It, it's positionless. Like you, you, the 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 days of having a traditional power forward standing next to a center, like those days are are long gone. You you nowadays you see one post player surrounded by four guys who can stretch the floor and and who can shoot it, and and even your five has to have the ability to shoot the basketball, or he'll just get played off the floor because it'll be five on four offensively if he can't shoot the basketball from the perimeter. Uh, so 
I, I really like Jonas Adu, and I, I love Tobey Awaka. I love both of them. I, I think both of them can be really, really good basketball players when it's all said and done. But those are your two guys in the post. And then your other one is J.P. Estrella, a true freshman. Uh, and who knows? Maybe Chris Ledlam gets in there and, and mixes it up in the post maybe more than I'm thinking. I've kind of pigeonholed him into being more of a wing player. Maybe I need to readjust my my thinking on him, but that that is my thinking on him right now, more of a wing player than a post player. Uh, so that leaves you with you three post players who have not proven themselves going into the season. That that to me is also a question mark. Yeah, do do both, do both. I'm like, I, I'm expecting him to um, to do both. I look at his size, look at some of his game. Uh, I I expect him to be able to do both, and I think it's going to be important that. We have post-production. I mean, you're losing Olivier. Although he was inconsistent, he was the best post player to get a ball to in the paint and let him work. And he had a few games where he was able to do that. Texas and Duke and other games, South Carolina, he was he was unreal. But like Tennessee right now, we don't know who's going to be that. Let's get a ball to on the block and let him go get us a bucket. We don't know. We haven't seen these guys um, since the last game last year versus FAU. So someone may have developed that game, that part of their game, and we may see that this year. But right now, that's a question. That's a fair question. Tennessee football. I just feel like we need to say that. We just need to say Tennessee football. It's 43 minutes until the show. We haven't talked Tennessee football. I I, I said – Earlier in the show, that that Tennessee's tearing it up on the recruiting trail. I, I got a football <laughs> comment in there. How dare you guys have a show in Knoxville about Tennessee and not mention Tennessee football? Well, what's even what's not just as crazy, but also crazy, is that it's the first weekend of June, mm-hmm. uh, aka regional weekend, and, and this is Tony Vitello's weekend on the calendar, and. All we've said in, in passing is that oh the Clemson regional begins tomorrow. We we haven't even talked Tennessee baseball in it, and it's Tennessee baseball season, prime Tennessee baseball season. You're right about that. But yesterday was a, a busy day for for the basketball team. Julian staying in the the league or staying in the draft seems like he'll be an early second round pick, uh, and and then Josiah obviously out of nowhere deciding to return to school and. And old Olivier moving on. I, I wish him the best. Sounds like he's going to end up uh, at a nice spot for him. I, I mentioned uh, yeah. Michigan and Baylor earlier. Uh, he, he's also taking visits to Kansas State and West Virginia. Uh, Jonathan Javoni. He only go West uh, who, Virginia. He, he, what's that? I don't. I don't think he won't go to West Virginia. I I thought it was interesting that he, he if he were to go to West Virginia, he'd be going from Rick Barnes to to Bob Huggins. Like they both get on to you. But what what Rick will say to you and what Bob Huggins will say to you is different. Different. <laughs> just like, just look at what uh, old Bob has said publicly within the last month. We got people from uh, Huntsville, two dudes from Huntsville that play for Bob Huggins at Cincinnati. And I remember watching Bob Huggins when he was at Cincinnati when Kenya Martin was there and, and Mark Johnson. and I mean, He had some stud teams, and I used to follow Cincinnati because we had a couple dudes that played up there. And uh, you you think you're ready to be coached by Bob Huggins? Coming from coming from Rick Barnes, I mean, I that, that's another level. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're both 
they're both hard to play for at times, but boy, Bob Huggins is 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 different than than even Rick. But I I found found it interesting that the one other team that Jonathan Javoni mentioned, Swain, for Olivier Kumwa, they were hot after him. Go, go, go. Memphis. And Kentucky's desperate for players as well. I, I wonder if Kentucky will try to try to get in the the mix. Kentucky has had a disastrous offseason. Like all of the players that were considering coming back, they have all gone to the league. Uh, you do have Antonio Reeves, who is the only transfer they've landed in the past two seasons. Kentucky basketball in the era of NIL has landed one transfer the last two offseasons. You know how crazy that is? That's, That's crazy. Absurd. That is crazy. But the, the transfer from last year from like Illinois State, he withdrew his name from the NBA draft, but apparently he's deciding whether or not he even wants to come back to Kentucky and whether he wants to transfer elsewhere. They have seven players, seven scholarship players for next season. Five of them are freshmen, and it is the number one class in the country, but five of them are freshmen and two of them are sophomores. They are desperate for players. I, I wonder if they try to get in with Olivier. I don't really care who Olivier plays for. I don't either. I mean... It could be Kentucky, it could be Memphis, it could be any team in SEC. I don't care. And that doesn't mean, like, I don't respect Olivier and I don't respect his game. I think he's a good player. But, again, like, I feel like Tennessee as a whole, the roster got better. And, um, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. It, you know, it stinks that we, we're going to see him in a, in a different uniform. Um but it is what it is. It is what it is. 865-255-03. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. Jason Swain here with you. I'm live in the Low T Center studio. Don't go anywhere. We will uh, be right back. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Events app. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to DeadEndBBQ.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! 
Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by that and barbecue. Let's go to the phones. Mike in Georgia got that timing, man. You got to call during the break. That way I can get to the phones. I think Mike figured it out. Mike is real smart. Mike in North Georgia. Good morning, sir. Hey, Mike, we got you? Oh, no, we don't. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, Mike. Do it again. All right, Mike, there we go. Good morning. Hey, fellas. What's up? How's it going? What's up? What's up, man? My gosh. Well, I actually just got a few quick things for you. First of all, this week with the Swain event in the morning being back, you guys held it down on Josh and Swain has been therapeutic for the soul, and I've loved it. So I just want to say that first. Thank you. And then second thing I want to say, if, you know, Kentucky's needing players, I wonder if they make a run at Europe. Well, I mean, Oscar Sheewa is gone. So, I mean. That's true. Urosh is. Urosh is too busy golfing at Knoxville Municipal Golf Course. He, he posted on his on his story yesterday. He, he's been posted on his Instagram stories that he's out at Knoxville Municipal golfing. That he, he's working on his golf game right now. Hey, that's, hey, good for him. I enjoy that as well. So, mainly mainly kidding there, but you know, Kentucky does sound desperate. But Sounds then like- the last thing I just wanted to say, you know, we just y'all just briefly mentioned football for a minute, and my gosh, dude, the the it seems like a switch flipped some point in this era with these guys staying late, putting in work. Seems like Ramel maybe leading the charge there. I saw Eckler with some pictures going out on Twitter. And I just I don't know how it changed so fast, but I'm so grateful for the work that they're putting in. And my gosh, did they have me energized. Yeah, uh the day before the NFL draft, I went up to the complex and um he was in there putting in work. He was the only guy I saw. That doesn't mean he was the only guy in there that day or is the only player putting in extra work, but he was the only guy I saw that time of the day when I was up there. And so I, you know, I asked people in the building, like, yo, who's, who's putting in work? Romel's in there every day, all day. And I think that's why you saw Joe Milton take him to New York city. You saw the photos and the coverage um, of Joe Milton and Keaton there in New York taken up there by Aspire Sports Group. Remember last year, uh, it was Tillman, Cedric Tillman, and Henry Hooker. But this year, Joe Milton wanted to take Romel Keaton to let him know that he's appreciated. So that's a really, really cool, cool story. Absolutely. And it kind of seems like it's catching on. I know in, in one of Eckler's pictures, I saw Webb, I think. I definitely saw Squirrel. Maybe Samson sitting there with them. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. But main thing is, great to talk to you guys. Hope y'all are both doing well. Keep doing what you're doing. Hey, thank you, Mike. Thank you, man. Appreciate the love. It's amazing when you have a positive culture. Guys enjoy being in a complex. Guys enjoy putting in work. They want to do it. You don't have to pull teeth. You don't have to hold their hand. You don't have to pour cold cold water on them in the middle of the night to get them to wake up and come put in extra work. You don't have to put a, uh, uh, what they call it, an ABB, APB, out on someone to get them to come put in extra work. They just do it on their own. And that's what is happening with Tennessee football. And it 
wasn't always like that. Like I used to always use the analogy, and this is towards the end of Butch's time, about the head coach setting the temperature with your program, the thermostat. And if you're uncomfortable, you're not going to be at your best. You're going to be irritable. I don't know about you, Ben, but when it gets real hot outside, I I become more irritable, easier. And I think that's why you see crime go up in certain cities during the summer. Because folks get irritable. Yeah, they're happy because you can go outside and swim trunks and have a good time. But some of us like, it's hot. He's <laughs> irritable. And I think a head coach sets that temperature. And Josh Heupel got the thermostat at like 70 right now. Comfortable. Not meaning, you know, you don't want to go get better, but you're comfortable going in the complex. You want to be in there. You want to be around your teammates. You want to put in extra film study. You don't want to leave the complex. You want to hang out with your teammates. You chop it up in the training room. You chop it up on the football field for 30, 45 minutes after workouts. Like, that's what you want if you're head coach. So that's, I think, what we're seeing. Tennessee football. I feel like I need to say it a lot. C-Max says, I need y'all's advice. Should I splurge on NBA Finals tickets in June or yes. Drake tickets in September? NBA Finals tickets. Ball fans says, have y'all talked Women's College World Series? They play Bama at noon. Yeah, we opened up referencing that. Ben was fired up this morning. Reminded me I need to get my energy up because Tennessee and Alabama was squaring off today. And that takes place. What do you think is going to be the, the, the key to victory for Tennessee softball today, Swain? Kiki Malloy hitting home runs. Oh, oh, oh. Asher, is Asher Rogers pitching? Uh, I would assume so. Although yeah. I, I think if, if Tennessee wins, they, they play Oklahoma, assuming Oklahoma extends its winning streak to 48 straight games. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's time to make history, Ben. It's time to make history. I mean, I remember years and years and years ago, this is when Monica Abbott was there, but we, we, we had a chance to beat Oklahoma and uh, came up a little bit short right there in the crunch time moments. But thanks for trying to set me up, Ben. I was ready, though. I did set you up. I was ready. No, what do you think the key to victory today for the Tennessee softball team is, uh, Jason? I was ready. I was ready. I watched. I watched a little bit of them play against Texas. I watched. I watched. Mm-hmm. Hunsucker didn't expect to hear this much Olivia talk this morning. Can we pivot to football and football recruiting? Absolutely. Nelson from Jackson. Oh, my God. What, what, what Here comes Nelson from Nelson Jackson, have? huh? What what recruiting question does Nelson have? No, he don't. He don't have questions. All he has is eyeball emojis and hashtags. 
I got. Right now, he put on the text box, we want Dylan Stewart. Hashtag, we want Dylan Stewart. That's all he said. And on Twitter, all he has is emojis, eyeball emojis. I was on Twitter yesterday, and there was a recruit that tweeted out his top 10. And Nelson quote tweeted it with a bunch of eyeball emojis. Really, Nelson? Really? We we doing all this for a dude releasing his top 10? I mean, I'm excited about Tennessee football recruiting. I understand the importance of it. But damn, Nelson. Eyeball emojis for a top 10 list? Why don't you just do backflips when a kid releases his top 50 list? And N- Nelson gets excited about the, uh, the the high school kids releasing their top 10s to, to what high schools are going to transfer to. No, the middle school kids about to release the top, top five high schools. Uh, thinking about going to, here come Nelson. Eyeball emojis. Oh, my gosh. You, you got to alternate eyeball emoji, orange emoji, eyeball emoji, orange emoji. I'm messing with you, Nelson. I'm not. I'm messing with you. I'm messing with you. I think it's hilarious people are so fired up about uh, Tennessee football recruiting. I think it's awesome. and They should be. They're recruiting lights out right now. Well, I mean, what do you take away from the 865 live event, Ben? Well, the the easy takeaway is how much talent was on campus. Uh, I, I've said it a couple of times. Like Butch Jones had had his time in the sun with a couple of of recruiting events, and uh, Jeremy Pruitt was able to get kids to campus that were very talented as well for visits. Man, let's let's not use Jeremy Pruitt recruiting as an example. That's probably not the best best move yeah. here. Yeah, you you are correct. <laughs> we st- we still trying to get a word back from NCAA so we can move forward. You know, I just you know, let's let's not use Pruitt. Good as point. Example. Good point. Touche. Touche. <laughs> but they they I don't know that they. And granted, I haven't been covering recruiting all my life, but I, I've been following it since Butch got to Tennessee. That that Vic Wharton, Jalen Hurd, TK Junior class was was when I first really started paying attention to recruiting and really the tail end of that that 13 class that Butch threw together at the last minute when he got hired, when he got Josh Dobbs to flip from Arizona State. Uh, they were trying to get Carl Lawson in, in the boat. I remember that one. I was obsessed with that recruitment because Carl Lawson was an absolute stud, uh, and I think he's still playing in the NFL. Uh, so in, in my I guess decade now of of keeping up with the recruiting. This is the most talent I can remember there being on campus for for a visit weekend. That that that's the easy takeaway. But man, they they are in a good spot for for so many players. Uh, and Ryan Callahan and myself recorded a podcast yesterday morning, uh, kind of recapping the whole weekend. That I will encourage the good folks to to go listen to once Swain and I wrap up here in a couple of minutes. But. They're they're in a a great position with a lot of guys, especially in state guys, uh, Boo Carter, Ronan O'Connell. I, I I think they're they're in as good of a spot as they could be in with, with those two. Uh, there, there's other in state guys like an Edwin Spillman, uh, whose brother just moved into campus this weekend. He he signed as a receiver this this past class, and and Edwin is a stud linebacker there at Lipscomb Academy, and and would be a great addition for Tennessee and, and and there's some obvious connections there. He's in state. His brother's 
going to be a freshman on the team. Uh, so so Tennessee probably always has a natural lead, but I don't think it's a, a complete shoe-in that he comes to, to to Tennessee because teams like Ohio State really, really want him, and, and he's going to take an official visit to Ohio State. Um, but still, Tennessee's in a great position with him. You had the five-star linebacker, Sammy Brown, who is as impressive of a high school recruit high school football player as i can remember i mean go go turn on sammy brown's film and just go watch him just knock folks around left and right i mean he is an absolute wrecking ball on the football field and and he, he's very close to athens it's hard to envision him not going to georgia quite frankly but i do think there is genuine legitimate interest in tennessee and uh, although they they probably are not the favorites to land him, I, I do think that Tennessee has has a better shot than than I've ever expected. Quite frankly, just because of how good he is and how close he is to Georgia and, and being a, a native of the state of Georgia. Uh, but he was on campus for an official visit and and he had a great time. Had great things to to say about Tennessee. It, it was just a a, a big weekend. I, I'm sure I'm I'm leaving a ton out. Um, but we have plenty of recruiting updates on the site at GoVols 24-7 if you haven't checked those out already. And, and like I said, we, we recorded a, a a recap of the weekend. Ryan Wingo was here. It was a big weekend for for receiver recruiting as well, Swain. You, you get Amari Jefferson on campus uh, and probably pull even with Georgia and Alabama. He why you say, Chattanooga. Why you say Swain like I wasn't paying attention? Uh, no, because I said receivers. And and that that's your I feel like that's your spot. I feel like you like my history teacher from high school. <laughs> and making making sure that you you yeah, like you know, call my I, name out like I like like I'm not, I'm here with you, man. I'm listening uh, only because I said receivers. Only because I said receivers. <laughs> I know you're paying attention. You're, you're a good friend. You're a good friend. Uh, but Amari Jefferson was here from Chattanooga, and that's a, a big time battle with with Georgia and and Alabama. And, and the recruiting ranking doesn't necessarily speak to to high to how high of a target he is for Tennessee. Yeah. I mean he he's up there with, with anybody. He's up there with the Mike Matthews and, and the Ryan Wingos. He's up there with the five stars. And, and all you need to know is that Georgia and Alabama desperately want him. And Tennessee is battling out those two for him. And and he had a nice weekend. Ryan Wingo, the five star from Missouri, he was here. Uh, he got here late mm-hmm. for a separate visit. He got here like on Sunday and, and left Tuesday morning. Uh, and still had great things to say. I mean, we could go on and on and on. I, I didn't even talk about the trenches and, and all the talent they had on that side of the ball. It, it was just a very, very impressive weekend. And the, the theme coming out of it was just how much everybody loved being around Tennessee's coaches and, and being within the culture and how family-friendly it is and how it's just not about football. We think that all these kids want to hear about is football, 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 football. They don't. They don't. They they want to hear about kind of what life will be like in Knoxville, being a Tennessee football player, and and I think Tennessee's coaching staff, it's the thing that I've been most impressed with them when it comes to recruiting, is just how genuine they are, and, and how it's not beating the recruits over the head with football. It's more about getting to know them, the person, and the football player second, and that is something that a lot of these recruits care a lot about. And it's why Tennessee has been able to develop such great relationships. So uh, Tennessee is, I mean, the way that they're recruiting, Swain, they're going to end up with a top five class. I mean, it's top ten right now. The way they're recruiting, they're going to end up with a top five class, which is which so? is weird because, because I thought Josh Heupel couldn't recruit. Well, that's what, that's, that's what Central Florida fans said. 
speaking of UCF, y'all stay away from Josh Elander. You got rid of your baseball coach yesterday. Stay away from Josh Elander. Well, they trying to get payback. They want payback. You took Danny White. You took Josh Heupel, who now we appreciate. <laughs> we appreciate Heupel now. Y'all had a little bit of that Gus bus, a little bit of dust, Gus dust sprinkled on you. Now you appreciate Heupel. So payback. We're going to take one of your coaches. But, yeah, Heupel can recruit to Tennessee. Who can't recruit to Tennessee? Everybody's been able to recruit to Tennessee. For the most part, and then you add in, you know, NIL and all that. Whew, hype was going to recruit well here. Top five class? I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a couple guys that's, that's committed right now. You know, that, that star ranking ain't that high. But I don't even care about the star ranking, uh, you know, with the, with this staff. I, I do know that in the trenches, you, you got to get some dudes. You got to get some dudes in the trenches. And Tennessee? It's swinging. You don't have to hit all of them, but a few of them you got to hit on. And uh, I think Tennessee will, will be able to to do that. So I'm not worried about recruiting. If you are a defensive lineman and you don't want to play for Rodney Garner, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, the reasoning for not wanting to play for Rodney Garner has to be, well, you may want to play for the defensive line coach of Georgia. He's good. Or Florida State, he's good. Or you may you may want to you know, compete for a national championship day one at Georgia, even though you may not play that much. If you want to do that, that's okay. Or there's another program out here so desperate that they're willing to go over and beyond NIL-wise, of what maybe we're willing to do. Okay, I'll get that. But, like, if you're just matching up coaches and programs and, like, if you're a defensive lineman, if you don't have Tennessee in your top three. What are you doing? What are you doing? I ain't saying you got to come here. I'm just saying you, you, you got to at least have Tennessee in top three, man. Yes, you have to consider them, and, and a lot of them are, and, and a lot of them are, are really feeling Tennessee right now. I mean, they, they had a big weekend up front as well. Dylan Stewart, Jordan Ross wasn't even here, and, and he's high on Tennessee. I mean, it's just it's guy after guy after guy, and you can't even use the excuse anymore of, well, I'll, I'll go to Georgia so I can compete for a national championship. Like, yeah, I'm not going to fault anybody for, for going to Georgia at this point. I mean, the, <laughs> it's the success speaks for itself. But, like, Tennessee's competing for championships. So it's not like you can use that excuse that you could have used two years ago of, oh, I'll go play elsewhere to where I can can compete for a championship. No, Tennessee's recruiting for for championships. You can get developed and and and, and a little, little, little stuff on the side, NIL-wise, and play for national championship. You can check all three boxes. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to culture. It's going to come down to fits. From a personality standpoint, because when the college football playoff expands to twelve, there's going to be a lot of teams compete for championships, a lot more than they are right now. And there's a lot of teams they got a lot of money, they got facilities. There's NIL that's more organized than others. So when Tennessee is in the mix with a lot of the programs that we three to five years ago wish we were in their position. So, 
Let's go. Let's go. I saw Josh Heupel have some comments at spring meetings. We, we're not going to dive all the way into it, but I'm just glad that Josh Heupel ain't out here complaining about tampering. You and I were talking about this yesterday off the air during Josh and Swain, but how nice it is to have a coach that you don't hear from during the offseason. Not, not in terms of like not speaking to the media, but in terms of not creating off-season storylines. It, it is nice to, to not have an Eli Drinkwitz situation to where he just, every time he opens his mouth, he, he sticks his foot in it. Yeah. He, he was, we, I, we've dealt with some weird off-season storylines the, the last decade pre-Hypel. So to, to have a coach that stays out of the headlines in a good way, I, I love it. So <clears throat> Hypel was asked about fixing tampering in college football and the transfer portal. And Hypo answered the question because he was asked the question directly. He says, you're talking about transfers, trying to entice transfers. I don't have a silver silver bullet on how you can change that. There's so many people that have contacts with recruits, with players. And I say recruits because you probably had contact with them during the recruiting process, right? From coaches, families, to people that were influential in their life. Coaches, I don't know that there's one thing. At the end of the day, the integrity of the people that are hired and the integrity of the staff is how you solve that problem. Answer the question and complaining about it because no one cares. Is tampering a problem? Yes. It is the worst problem right now in college football. It's the worst problem. And you can't stop it. Yeah, it's the worst problem. But publicly complaining about it every time there's a microphone in your face, why? Like, nothing's going to happen. They, everyone you know understands why. the problem. Everyone understands the problem. Try to fix it behind closed doors. But I think when you publicly complain about it, well, you just wh- make, what are you the make- schools that are complaining about it? Who, these head coaches that are complaining about it, where are they coaching? Well, I mean, it's coaching in schools that don't have the resources to win. I think it's funny, though, how, you know, Nick Saban continues to beat the drum of, is this what we want college <laughs> athletics to be? I'm like, and I'm, I'm someone that, like, knows how to put a line in between, all right, I'm a Tennessee f- football alum. I have this type of feeling towards Alabama football. It's a rivalry, but I also respect the hell out of Nick Saban. And I'm like, Nick, bro, like you, 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 you a big reason why we here. The winning that you have done. It's increased the college coach's salary. You indirectly have been accused of doing things in recruiting for years. You think these charger jokes, jokes about players getting charges, you think, who you think them about? It's about your program. <laughs> like, 
come on, Nick. Like, come on, man. Stop. And I'm not saying what he's saying is wrong about some of the issues in college football and what we need to do to kind of make it better. But like, Coach Saban, like he he he's not part of the reason why we here. That's all I'm saying. Like every, yeah. everybody is 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 doing whatever they can to chase you and Kirby because they have lost recruits to you. And they know how they have lost recruits to you. Like, come on, man. Come on. That's all I'm saying. Again, I'm not accusing Nick Saban of doing anything wrong. I just don't understand why he has had to complain so much. Like, you are at the University of Alabama and have built an absolute empire. How are y'all struggling to, to where Saban has to complain? Because that's where all these complaints stem from. Lane Kiffin and his comments about Ole Miss last year. Pat Narduzzi's the one that's kept it the most real since all this started. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, like all these, all these comments. Nick Saban, like they they generate because the place that they are at, they don't have the, the resources to to handle what needs to be handled. I mean that that's where all this comes from. And and like yeah, you'd think Alabama has it all, and 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 Saban's not just saying this because he's a grumpy old man and, and wanting to complain. He's been begging for more NIL money since NIL became a thing last summer. That, that's where these comments stem from. If if the and I'm not saying the NIL situation is like Florida bad at Alabama, but it's obviously not what it needs to be if, if Saban is begging people, boosters at Alabama, to, to give them more money. Those, those comments he made about Jimbo last summer, that was at an event, a private event with boosters for him to go beg for more money from. And it it was a situation where I believe like boosters were able to ask questions. That was part of the, 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 the show and, and part of showing up to, to give more money is that they got to ask saving questions. And, and that's how those comments about Jimbo started. So like, I, I just don't understand why Alabama is in that position in the first place. You would think that they would have all their ducks in a row to where arguably the greatest college football coach of all time doesn't have to come out and, and make one ridiculous comment after the next. Yeah. He, he and others who have been vocal about the issues NIL, they ain't wrong, but no. it just like who wants to hear the, the same stuff over and over and, and poor Eli Joinquist. Like I get what he was saying, but it's just, yeah, there's going to be people, young people that get their hands on a lot of money and they're going to make mistakes like any young person or most young people. Like you, you make mistakes, but you learn from those mistakes. So if a NBA player, uh, if, a, if a college player enters the draft after their freshman year, they're almost the same age as a high school player coming in. I mean, one year older. And what's going to probably happen? They're probably going to make some mistakes financially. It's kind of part of it. It's life. You you make mistakes when you're young, but you grow from those. And so being afraid to give someone what they're worth, what the market suggests, just because you're afraid they're going to make mistakes, 
it just it just came across in a way that made Eli look a certain way, and then he had to kind of go back and then uh, explain exactly what he was saying and add more context. It just it's just best not to even say anything because your words are gonna get twisted and it just comes across a certain type of way. That's that's all. But I I'm not here trying to rip Eli Drinkins for what he said. Like I get what he's saying, but who cares, man? Let these folks if, if they worth a certain amount, give them what they worth. And if they make mistakes, then they make mistakes. You got to give them the resources to prevent them from making mistakes. But if they decide to make it on their own, that's on them. That's all I'm saying. All right. I don't know how we got there. Oh, LC Vol says, Ben, is that a hint that could be a landing spot for Elander? No, he's going to be a head coach at some point. You made a comment about Central Florida leaving Josh Elander alone. Uh, Not a serious hint. Okay. Uh, Kendall Rogers did put together his hot board for, for UCF. Kendall Rogers of D1 Baseball. And, and listed out a bunch of coaches that could be options for UCF. And, and he did mention Josh Elander. I mean, it would be a really nice hire for for UCF, but I, nothing is imminent. I didn't. I wasn't dropping a a hint on purpose. No. Elsie Vaughn also says, Ben, do you think the boys are going to be back to being a holes tomorrow <laughs> after having time to reset? Being the nice, quiet guys doesn't fit us well. Uh, I don't know that I would describe it in that manner, but I, I do think the, the guys are, are refreshed and, and ready to go. I, I think there's a, a nice little energy, a nice little buzz uh, around the locker room right now, and, and they're ready to, to get down there. They're already down there. They, they bust down yesterday afternoon, but I, I just, you're, you're not going to see the same flair that you saw from the, the Drew Gilbert era of the last two teams so i i think they're in a, a good spot mentally i think there's a nice energy nice vibe after having a week week and a half off of not playing games and, and I, I think they'll be ready to play if they don't beat themselves they'll win i mean it it that's really all it boils down to if they don't beat themselves and i know that sounds super cliche and super simplistic but that's been their issue is literally beating themselves all season long when they struggle but if, if they field routine ground balls and they don't make mistakes on the base paths and the, the pitching staff shows up and pitches the way that it should, then they will be playing next weekend either in Auburn, Alabama or Knoxville, Tennessee. Let's go. Let's go. Tennessee softball today, College World Series versus Alabama. Tennessee baseball tomorrow in the Clemson region versus Charlotte. We'll be back on Tuesday for Swain event. Later on today, we'll be on Sports Animal 99.1 as Ben McKee is filling in for Josh Ward. So we got another we got another three hours to talk sports. So we're gonna do it. Hope you all join us for Ben McKee Go Vols two four seven. I'm Jason Swain. We hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your morning. Peace and love. We are out.